gonna just clap. I dig it. You're listening to Wanye's World, presented by Oodle Noodle. That is a gangster opening for a podcast. Yeah, I kind of like that. And I would, it only starts with like the whatever. You, is the clap in it? Yeah, I think so. Can we hear the clap when you record this? Yeah. That's cool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. No, I dig it. The clap has to be there. This is a much more professional podcast already 16 seconds into its history than anything I've been involved with. I don't think we've ever had a countdown. I've, we've never had a countdown. We've never had a real producer engineer who knows how to run things. It's always somebody moonlighting. It took like four people to set this thing up. Yeah, and it might not keep going that way. I'm going to try one more time <laughs> <laughs> with like four different people, and then we'll be fine after that. What I don't understand is like we were just doing an episode of the Real Life Podcast in this same exact room with the same exact settings not 90 minutes ago. What's and so yet, I don't know. I don't understand why audio video is like it is. We have a, what, 30-minute town hall afterwards, and then it just immediately went to shit. <laughs> so you guys sit there and watch it all day? Someone's- I swear it's like people in production make it complicated to use this stuff so that it ensures they're always needed. Like three or four of them are required <laughs> at all times. They need to get together and have a meeting and be like, yeah, did you price smart? Did you do F12 and then shift <laughs> and then seven? And then did you click on the sub menu? And the complication, like the answers to the questions are always so complicated. It's never just like, oh, just click on that. It's always like 14 steps. Yeah. The the way that Tyler started talking about it too, he says, Oh, go to edit preferences, and I'm just like, I'm already on the wrong page. <laughs> I have to go through three different things and finally figure it out. But we are figured out here, and uh, audio is working, video is working. I have a camera a little over here. Over wow. there. That's perfect, and that's the nation way, right? This is the this is the Wanye World podcast opening episode, and I think we do it with a rolling start after significant technical difficulties. After shutting down for 30 minutes, after doing the exact same thing in the room here prior, <laughs> that's what this show is about, reality. That's what it is, right? So you've got myself. I'm on the show. I will be the namesake of the show, so you can't do it without me. <laughs> you can't do Wanya's role without Wanya. I'm here. I am uh, the co-creator of the Nation Network and OilersNation.com and some other junk that we will get into down the line here in the opening show. Rick is here, and Rick is uh, going to be our co-host slash producer slash we're going to be giving people merchandise. Whatever we got to do. We're going to be doing contesting. This is going to be a fun show to listen to because we're going to be giving away shit all the time and whatnot. And so Rick's here, and Rick is of pint fame. Rick is <laughs> the man who has ran what I would consider to be the greatest bar in the history of commerce, Pint Downtown Edmonton, since opening night. Since opening night. In yeah. 2008. Yeah. And it's, what, the fifth? Now, we're like, I don't know, we're within a week, give or take, a couple of days here and there, of actually just being opening night again. Is how long has it been? 15 years? 14 09 to right now so 14 oh, was it 08 or 09 it's nine. Oh, 09 yeah so yeah in like a couple of days here maybe i'd have to go back and check the calendar and stuff i'm not i i can't remember if it's the ninth or the fourth or the sixth or something like that i was fairly certain it was a friday <laughs> in an industry that hot spots come and go and especially of late in 2020 and everything else it's just been a cataclysm for the bar industry around the world for the yeah, pint to be the best bar in town 
since like basically opening weekend with Grant Fuhrer. Don't think I forgot <laughs> Grant Fuhrer came in for opening weekend and we all got lanyards that said a new bar is opening. Come meet Grant Fuhrer. And I was like, this is going to be unbelievable. You still have it? Yeah. Do you? I Go do. On. It's in my forever box. <laughs> forever wow. box. All my memories. Oh, yeah. You have a, How big is this box? Shoe box. Shoe box. Yeah. Like my adult forever box, right? Yeah. Not adult in the sense of sexual pornographic <laughs> but like things ah, since yeah, i turned yeah, yeah. of age that i want to remember doing ticket stubs that sort of thing interesting i can't i don't know if i i've got a couple items but i don't know if yeah i don't have like a, a certain collection so since 2009 rick we've been hanging out we've been going to oilers games we've been watching Oilers games yeah. we've been extravagantly drunk on rick's alcohol which he would provide to us <laughs> from time to time and we would talk about sports. Yep. And that was before we were doing podcasting. That was right when Weather's Nation first started up. Yeah. We were just doing blogging. Very early. Very early on. And so as time has marched on, and it's been quite a long time now, it's kind of funny <laughs> to look back. Um, the pint has remained at the height of its game, and you've joined the Nation Network in an increasing capacity doing podcasting yep. on Oilers Nation every yep. day. Where you uh, spit no, fire. Not every oh, day. Radio. Radio. Sorry. Oh, radio. Oh, there's nation radio. Yeah, yeah. And that's you guys on Friday. Fridays, but no, during the season, we're Tuesday and Friday. So as of, I think we started last Tuesday. Yeah. And we go to, uh, we go whatever today is Thursday. So tomorrow. Yeah. But yeah, we're at two again. Also, you are on the $5 bill of Oilers gift certificates. <sighs> I, uh, I don't think I've told you yet. They didn't change them. So this year, so last year, last year was Connor on the front. This year is Leon on the front. And you're on the back still? Last year was my other photo on the back. Oh, my God. This year is something different. What is it? Uh, it's just a group of people. Nothing. So you're no longer on the five? I'm no longer on the Do five. Do you have copies of them, though? I, I don't know anymore. Rick! I think I might have had at home. But I think I think a couple of people do. You got to frame. <laughs> you got to get that. that you got to frame that. That man. photo is everywhere. You are also everywhere. You are on the side of the Oilers store in the Ice District. Yeah. How did you finagle that? I had nothing to do with it, man. No. Nor was he adequately compensated. If you're a <laughs> <Yeah>. lawyer, <laughs> I am his lawyer, and I'll take the case. Pro bono. Rick should be given an enormous sum of money. <laughs> at least like sales percentages. At the I was I always honestly, man, I drop a I could drop like a few bucks here and there. <laughs> I might have a jersey or two. I don't think it would hurt them very much. You're also legendary for being at games in the lower bowl and being louder than most <laughs> sections single-handedly. And as the game goes on and Uncle Rick gets into the wobbly pop, should the referees <laughs> or the other team upset him in any way, yeah, he will stand up and give you the business I, to the point the players the, laugh yeah i've been on the, the voice my my opinion and then uh in the last couple of years once nations kind of got bigger and you've got you know the the young kids out there and they're at the games too they uh, they hit me from angles i don't even taking pictures of you oh yeah yeah losing they know your shit. Pretty, i'm pretty easy to find like yeah. i'm usually in the same area and yeah i might stand up i might be a little bit loud so i'm easy to find and they, yeah, they have some fun with them. And I remember going to the game for the first time with you, and I didn't know you were like this. And you had already been my boy for a long time. We just never been to a game together. And I'm sitting down, and like in normal day to day life, you're not loud. <laughs> no, like you're like you're quiet, right? Yeah. And then he just like stands up and starts giving it to somebody. I was like, oh, you're like this, is he? Yeah, yeah, it's awesome. It's, it's uh, you're I one of the know, funnest it's... people to watch an O's game with I've, of all time. It's just in me, and you got to yeah. get it out somehow, right? And yeah, there's a there's some passion there. And then you'll stand at the pint. 
near like kind of the, the main bar if there's games on and you'll stand and point at the tv yeah and yell at the tv yeah i might as well just be there again yeah there's there's no difference in like hey they can't you know what it's not about them hearing me i need to get this stuff out of me i need to put it out there in the world you know it's a it's a whole thing we try and manifest this with so it's a team thing they're on the ice i'm off the ice it comes together and people love it when they go to nation parties and you're there just lighting everybody up it's good yeah it's uh we have a good time it's part of the draw yeah yeah it's it's been a fun couple years so rick here and then we have also drafted into our cadre of three our producer brett and the poor bastard has only been with the company for how long full-time now full-time since uh march-ish may March ish May. Yeah. Is, is there a month in between? March is April. I, guess. I thought That's you only fair. became full time like a couple of weeks ago. Well, I've been working on a, a couple of shows since then. Uh, oh. I started off with uh, the Blue Jays Network or Blue Jays uh, Nation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I've been doing that since about April ish, and then uh, became full time to do more of the Gregor clips and all those types of things and the Canucks clips too coming up too. So that's sick. And, and you've then, been doing a great job. Oh, I appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. And then before that, we were also doing the soccer stuff, the 90th minute stuff. So that was uh part-time slash contractual or whatever that may have been. And then, uh, yeah, now we're full-time. From my perspective, I've been wanting to do this show all summer. I mean, poor Rick. We almost we, we came here. This we met. We had summer. lunch a few weeks in a row. Oh, didn't yeah. record a word, <laughs> and then we had all the development or, or producer resources that we had get sucked up by fourteen forty. Yeah. Who starts a radio station? <laughs> Who the fuck? And we're like, we'll do it. And then Gregor's like, Who's going to help me with all this stuff? We're like, we'll do it. And then he's like, guys. What about all the producer people? We'll do it. And we're just promising things we don't have people that do not exist and then i sit down with bag milk and i'm like well that's cool so can i start my podcast and he's like who the flying fuck do you think is going to work on your podcast <laughs> when we just went here and put eight hours a day of sports radio together yeah, i was that's the call-in i was the closer then we're like what are we gonna do and then he was like i hope we can convince you to join full time and i was like so this podcast is relying on hope. Like we do not, not only do we not have a producer, hope will never die precisely. But so, the so then people 2000. were like, well, where's the show? And I was like, you don't understand the fast paced business of sports, internet, AM radio. Things changing all the time. In a, in a minute. All the time. But here we are now. It is the 6th, 5th, 5th of October. And we did it. The season hasn't even started. And oh, we've got the, the inaugural. perfect timing. It's perfect inaugural timing. episodes up and running. Yeah. It's genius. Week away from puck drop, baby. Yeah, we got everything we need. What's this? What's this podcast about? You might be listening, dear dear listener. You might be wondering. That's better. What's this podcast about? Well, number one, it's about Oilers hockey. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of hard to put a microphone in front of us and not dip into that. So it will probably be a little bit of that, and maybe a little more than that. We want to get Oilers on this show. Present, hopefully, past, probably past and present yeah in the last 12 months we've talked to evander king yeah in the gagne. last 12 months we've talked to sam gagne two times yeah including the scoop of the millennium when your m chuck texted him for no reason the day that he signed the pto <laughs> and we talked to him first hey what's going on there so we can get oilers on this show i think so even though a certain nhl franchise who we won't name due to legal reasons may try to stand between us and our treasured experiences <laughs> we'll find a way always do these kids today they've got their own ventures going they've got their own lives outside the team 
And that's what we're really interested in talking to them about. We're not interested in talking to Oilers present about being dash two last night <laughs> or the box power play penalty kill setup. No. We have other podcasts for that. We have other podcasts for that. We have Frank Valley for that. We have the yeah. pros. Yeah. We want to talk to you about being a human being yeah. and talking about your life. And what are you doing? And you'd be blown away by the interesting shit that NHL players and Edmonton Oilers are getting up to off the rink. Oh, 100%. Away from the rink. I don't think they say off the rink. Away from the rink. Away. Zach Hyman owns a chewing gum company <laughs> that came out of a failed NFT project. And they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to pivot this NFT into children's gum. What led to that happening? I would be more interested in talking to Zach Hyman about his chewing gum company than I would be about. Well, he has like, doesn't he have an esports team or something? Yeah. Sore gaming. Yeah. And then the kids' books. Yep. Like that's, uh, and then still finds time to practice and become one of the top 600 players in the world. Pretty easily, too. Yeah. Pretty damn easily. And monster muscles. Yeah. <laughs> like he a is boy. a puffed up monster man. When you see photos of him with like normal sized people beside him, <laughs> my father consistently just goes, Oh, I never realized how big Hyman was. He's, He's just a beast, man. <laughs> he is an absolute beast. We could talk to Zach Hyman for 90 minutes and not even broach the topic of how you're playing this season or anything like that. You could do that probably like seven questions, lob one out there and he'll go for 12, 15 minutes. We also plan on tracking down former Oilers. Yeah. Because we love former Oilers. I love former Oilers. I love shooting the shit with former Oilers. I love reliving the heyday with former <laughs> Oilers. I remember if the career stories. Yeah. And like specific goals they've scored. And like, even in the decade of darkness, I have like an encyclopedic knowledge of this team. <laughs> And to talk to players and track them down and get them on the air or get them on the Zoom yeah. or whatever is something you can do in 2023. Yeah, and I think it'll be a, a little bit of closure for us. Because I think there's some there's there's some open wounds from back then. There's just... In that my, may be what makes me stand up at hockey games. Well, I do not issues? know. I, I, I bet you... You want res resolution? I'm telling you, man. Imagine yeah. we talked to people on the show and you had a conversation that anger left you and you just sat quietly at all those games <laughs> thereafter. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't be party to it, Rick. I wouldn't help you. Yeah, ever since, what was it, late June of 2006? Oh, I know what you're talking. It's been awfully, uh, awfully grim since. But maybe you need that fire. Maybe you need to have a terribly upsetting experience like that to like lock in as an Oilers fan for the rest <laughs> of your life. Right? How old were you in 2006, Brett? Oh my God! I was nine years old. Oh my God! So yeah. was I. So was Rick. <laughs> well, listen, hey, we were nine years old. Listen, it wasn't much better for us when we were like about 11 years old. Is when you know a year or two after the last cup, and things got grim. Things got thin on the roster. I was too little for cups. Really? Yeah. I have you no recollection. 1990, I vaguely recall because I was a big Bill Ranford fan, yeah. but I didn't know what I was a fan of. I was a fucking idiot. I remember, like, I legit remember him going behind the net and picking up the puck with, like, four seconds left or whatever. I definitely never went to an Oilers game. I definitely, there wasn't hockey coverage like there is now, so you couldn't sit and bang out 82 games on Sportsnet because no, all you got was three again. channels and two of them were static. <laughs> <laughs> Not that old, but I'm that old. Noon put me in the middle. You were getting... 20 23 maybe no back when we were like in a quarter of little kids a quarter of them? probably only hockey night in canada back in the day day there would have been i'm CF talking cfrn or something when the like oilers that. won their cups i bet you there was only a national deal for their games you'd listen on the radio that's fair 
when I was during that 2006 run, Waz and I were still in third grade together. <laughs> what the this. fuck? You went to third grade with Waz? Waz and I have known each other since kindergarten. Oh, oh my God. God. Oh, yeah. This is good so stuff. This is, this is beyond. This <laughs> is deep. Okay. But we would sit there during the morning announcements and our principal would read out the results from the night before. So when the Oilers would beat like the Ducks, all you could hear all the classrooms go, yeah, woo, let's go. They'd read the sports scores on the intercom oh, in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Where'd you go? Like a school from a, like a Disney movie. This yeah. is unbelievable. It felt like it sometimes, but yeah. And that was like our closest thing to glory that I've had in my lifetime. And then my dad, the only thing he'll get emotional about doesn't matter. Like his own father's funeral. He just stood there stoically. The only thing he gets emotional about is thinking back to the eighties teams and winning. And all he goes is, I just, I just want you to, to experience that one time. <laughs> man in his big six, four, 50 year old man. And that's the only thing that he'll get emotional. That's a soft about. Isn't that something? When the Oilers failed to win the Stanley Cup, I'm not going to say they lost. <laughs> they failed to win because right. we won a lot that summer. Um, I cried for the first time since grade six. Wow. <laughs> and I think I'd been bottling up a lot of emotion in this <laughs> in between years. And I was just like bawling. I remember it was just such a like release of like the tension of a cup run. And just of like being young and being wild and having drank so much booze during that cup <laughs> run. Like my, a lot. I was convinced that if I drank a 24 of Bud Light and wore the hat they were giving out that spring, that I was doing my part for the Oilers. And like, I was putting down two fours like crazy. You were doing your part. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. That summer. But that for sure is the worst day of my entire life. But there's something almost romantic to it now, how terrible it was. Because I was at a sports bar and I started crying and I kicked the stall door in the bathroom off the stall <laughs> and it flew back. Don't worry, it wasn't the pie. <laughs> and it hit the toilet and it cracked the toilet. And I put the seat down and sat down on the toilet really hard. And I'm a big dude, right? And like broke basically the toilet. I sat down so hard on it. And then it's like pouring water out of the toilet and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, oh my God, I'm crying. This is fucked up. And this bouncer, I never forget, he comes in the bathroom and sees the door off its hinges, the toilet shattered and me just like, <laughs> and he looks and he goes, uh, you're going through a lot right now. When you're done, throw yourself out. And I was like, thank you. And I was just crying my eyes out. Right. And then to back that up the next year with Smitty leaving. Yeah, 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 that's what made Jay and I so mad that we started Oilers Nation. Was we were just like, there is, we got to do something. What the, what is happening around here? And I was like, you know, what we should do is we should start up an Oilers website. He's like, it's about time somebody had some fucking sense <laughs> around here. And so sometimes from something terrible, depending on how you want to interpret it, you can have good things come from. It. Yeah, to get those emotions out somehow. The Oilers win this 2006 Stanley Cup. We still would have started Oilers Nation because we were already kind of thinking about it. And yep. it was the excitement of like, I didn't want the Oilers games to end. Yep. I wanted to go somewhere morning, noon and night and be excited <laughs> about the Oilers. And I didn't care. They're like, but we're going to read the newspaper. There was different excitement back then. I don't know what it was and I can't really describe it, but it was different in 06. But it still echoes in me. That's what I mean. Like it just like I don't know what it is I to me is like more. the echo of the fun of the 06 oh, Cup yeah. run still resonating to this 100%. Day. Like 
you won't get that many people on the street anymore. Maybe I mean, obviously, we will after that fourth victory in late June. Did you see? And this is the first. I don't know how many minutes into this we are. I this forget, is the first I turn on first mention of a meme so far, but it won't be the last mention of a meme because <laughs> I think in memes. Did you see this meme today? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, and, they, yeah. and so it, the meme is it, and then describing memes is stupid, but this is our year, and there's a young Homer in a Hemsky jersey, and it's this is our year, and it's current Homer in a McDavid jersey, looking at each other, looking at themselves in the mirror, sad, looking at themselves in the yeah. mirror, and like I looked at this, I was like, oh my god. <laughs> You can you can kind of uh, I can feel it, <laughs> but those were different times though. Like waking up, like the hope that you would have with the Hemsky and the Horkoff teams to the hope that you have now. That's why you know what, and I I maybe it's just because it's more recent, but I know deep down inside I had a lot more anger and hatred for like the loss against Winnipeg and Chicago. Mm-hmm. I've been living the Oilers 24-7 since the site launched in 2007, and I committed to go first to write an article every day for a year yeah. because we had nobody who was willing to work with us. Yeah, Things still have not changed. Most people are still unwilling <laughs> to work with us, but I don't have to write articles, although I am going to come back to it eventually. Um, it's interesting being full-on with a team that has had such a low low to then for so long and then just rock it into the McDavid yeah. era, and you're just like with the flick of a switch you're like a top rated team yeah but we thought we did that three times before that but that's what's so crazy that you back up four first pick overalls with getting connor mcdavid <laughs> where you're like oh shit like even edmonton can't screw this up yeah it's i still can't believe connor mcdavid's an oiler oh i remember sitting there was a um, a hockey news article that they had come out and it was connor mcdavid and josh hosang next to each other and i remember sitting there going reading this again i was like 12 13 i'm like one of these guys one of these guys <laughs> is gonna be an edmonton oiler and damn i thought it was hosang and then pff, here it is Connor mcdavid x amount of years later well we didn't even i didn't even consider it like going like the whole previous season leading up to that draft we were gonna be fourth fifth last something like that we were not gonna be last we are not going to be part of it, so don't even talk about it. Don't get your, you know, don't get your hopes up. Just sit back and whatever. And then, uh, and then it comes to lottery day. We'd thrown all sorts of parties. We'd thrown lottery parties. We'd thrown draft parties. We'd thrown whatever the lockout party, everything. Right. So that year we didn't do anything. It was just it was five o'clock on a Saturday or whatever the hell it was. We didn't do anything. I'm like, yeah, just turn the TVs on. But yeah, I mean, you don't need any volume or whatever. It's not a big deal. Um, and then so I'm sitting at home and I'm like, oh, I gotta watch this, right? So I'm of course, sitting there, like, I don't want it to be them, I don't want to be them. Cool, 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 cool. And then what, where is Toronto? Fourth, was, so Toronto was the one where it's like, I don't want, like, please be Toronto because you need it to be Toronto, please be Toronto, please. Yes, it's Toronto. Okay, fantastic. You know what? We've pretty much won the draft at this point. And then next, is that when the gold ticket comes up? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we were. I think we would have been third yeah. in that draft. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Then yeah, he flips the golden ticket, and I, I like a maniacal like laughter, kind of sitting there. <laughs> Couldn't really, didn't really move. I, didn't, I'm pretty sure I probably sat there 15 minutes before, and I'm sure you were a first text, and BM was a text, and yeah, I, I 
you know, blew me away. I did not expect it at all. No, I was uh, here's some uh, Edmontoniana for you. <laughs> Me and my buddy were on our way to an Edmonton Rush lacrosse game. There we go. We were parking, and these were all at Rexall. So we're parking in that one neighborhood that you just walk right through, like past Source for Sports or whatever the heck it was right next yeah. to it. And uh, the whole time I'm on my phone, I'm like, oh, Buffalo got here, X got here, Arizona's here. And we got to Toronto right as we're parking. And I said, oh, Toronto's fourth. And my buddy looks at me and he's like, we won it. We won it for sure. What? Like, no, there's no way. I don't think he called it. it. He called it. Oh. And we're, we're walking into uh, Rexel Place, get our tickets. We're sitting in section 128, as I had for my season tickets for yeah. X, already X amount of years at that time. And as we're getting to our seat, the Oilers won the lottery. And I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. So and did people start cheering in the arena and shit? Well, so the, uh, I, we, again, 125. There's not right a lot of Twitter, Twitter out there at the time, right? <laughs> yeah. There was not, uh, we sat right next to where like the teams would come out, like the rush. And that would be where all the paramedics and the cops would be sitting. So they're like, hey, so are you okay? Like you're being loud and stuff before the game. Warm are you okay? <laughs> yeah, I'm filled with the spirit. <laughs> and I go, the Oilers just won the lottery. The Oilers just won the draft lottery they're getting mcdavid you're like paul revere riding around a horse <laughs> eh? and the, all the british the paramedics are on the phone like calling family members like what? They, <laughs> people are coming over to me going oh like what's going on like the oilers won the lottery and they're they're <laughs> calling people people are cheering and john lynch who used to be a teacher at my high school comes before warm-ups and taps me on like the leg and he goes did you hear the news do you hear about the so your story got back to you full 360 oh, yeah. absolutely <laughs> it was so cool that's sick i was at earl's and i was having a meeting with a guy and i was so i'm looking this way and i'm looking at the tv and i'm talking to this guy and i'm looking at the tv and then he goes to the washroom so i'm by myself and i'm watching the thing and there's no audio or anything and no one's paying attention and i'm watching the countdown i'm like oh toronto that's interesting and then he pulls the card out and i can still remember my brain just going why is the background gold and then like <laughs> a second thought catching up to my first thought and like kicking it in the head be like shut up stupid pow we just got mcdavid and I'm like what the and i screamed <laughs> and i scream screeched so loud that a server walking by with a full tray of drinks dropped the entire operation on the floor no. yeah and then the guy comes out of the bathroom and looks and sees like the server with drinks smashed everywhere <laughs> and me going i'm leaving and i just left and like screaming and running i just left and was like calling everybody i could think of and just screaming and yelling and and you know having been through a terrible decade of oh. failed hopes and dreams <laughs> to have it all lead to something that amazing and you go back through all the games you wished we'd won and all the trades we thought we were going to win and all the drafts and it, and it all led to that. You're just like, this is the mind fuck of epic proportion. Yeah. Can we have one or two more things go our way in the middle there and still, you know, it was end all up like this. Yeah. If you told me, would you rather have game seven of the Stanley cup or Connor McDavid? This is the top of the top and it's going to go all the way to the bottom and then shoot back the hell up the other way. I would probably take Connor. Really? Yeah. Over that 06 cup. Because the 06 team wasn't supposed to happen. And so maybe, like, to your point about we'll never see it again, a Cinderella team like that from a hard scrabble northern town like the Green Bay Packers or some <laughs> shit, right? That's a whole different 
vibe than having Connor and Leon. Thank God we have Connor and Leon. I'm not complaining about Connor and Leon. The greatest thing that's ever happened to us is Connor (laughs) and Leon. I praise you, Connor and Leon. But a Cinderella team where you're like, is this going to happen again? And then the loss, the magnitude of the loss, and everyone fleeing into the night like rats. Todd Harvey minutes minutes later I'm out of here led by you know whomst (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. but to be here now in 2023 yeah it's to be fair those guys could have all left with the ring on their fingers and we'd still be in the same spot right now I just want to point out no no the butterfly effect yeah that's true. The, but you, <laughs> so many weird little moments lead up to big things. Yeah. You just don't know. I I wouldn't say the others win the cup. It's a completely different trajectory. The others win the cup. Pronger probably doesn't leave. Yeah. Well, it depends on exactly what got him, what made him leave in the first place. Well, I think we know. <laughs> we know. But you know, winning cures all. And if you've won true. the cup, I think that it probably would have. <laughs> People do a lot to win the cup. And he won the cup the next year. Yeah. Which was a kick in the general. I wonder if that's maybe what's really start, started to make the hurt hurt. You know, we, we missed out. We had our guy. We had the guy. Pronger was the guy. The guy. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were he a lot was of unstoppable. Things. It was incredible what he did. Yeah. Offensively, defensively, it was, in, it was insane. So we have him. Then we get to the cup. And that doesn't happen. Then he leaves. And that hurts. And then he lifts the cup the next year. That was part of the problem. That's, yes. that's how like evil geniuses come together. Yes, that's yeah, yeah. That's like Bond villain origin stories yeah, there's of rage. Like, piling then, stuff on you for a minute. Here. Okay, I can only handle so much. But then also because you know, we've been living the Oilers 24-7, the magnitude of fuckery that led to them being that <laughs> bad for that long really was amazing. And it's it's funny, and I'll admit it every single time. I believed in a lot of those moves. Yeah. 85, 85% of those moves, no problem. 100%. That year, we brought in those five guys, Ben Eager, Hordachuk, yeah. Cam Barker, the whoever the other two were. I yeah. can't remember off the top of my head. Dude, I was jacked up yeah. for that year. I was like, man, we brought this guy's doing this. This guy's doing that. Ben Eager's going to be one of the best power forwards in the league. Yep. Cam Barker, an old number three. Like, He's coming back. He's wow, rekindled the flame. Go. Here we go. He was a top-tier defense. Here we go. I remember when the Oilers signed Javi Bullen four-year deal i pulled over i was so mad i was angry as shit and i remember where i was driving i remember everything and i just pulled over the side of the road and i just rubbed my face with my hands <laughs> for a minute and a half and yep. i'm just rubbing and i'm like oh this guy's the most injured goalie of the last five years and we're the same age signed our guys to- cheaper it was four years if we wanted an old injured goalie we had one we had him for two more i think it was so it was like an extra two uh, two years at four something for javi bullen and i forget what role is three something i think at the time like we had this we had, and it was over in two years so he was going to be like almost 40 or whatever the hell the math was at the time. I was like, that we're out of it. So it's like we have the same guy, except we're out of the contract two years prior. Perfect. Like, we don't find, a, find some youth now. Let's grow into this. Again. Yes. These were terrible decisions oh. that handicapped our favorite team for years on end. Dustin Penner. Oh, I no, see, Penner. I can't get behind. Ooh. I mean, <laughs> so how, how did he how did he end up in Edmonton? The five-year, $25 million okay, that was mega. Funny, yeah. he, dude, he still put up north of – he put up 27 and 28 goals. He, every time somebody got even looked at Hemsky, the first yes. man there was yes. Penner. Then he went to shit. 
I mean, in yeah, the, in like in the year second three half, ish, like, this is three ish, it, sure. I was like, Dustin, we don't have the luxury of you going to shit. <laughs> we need you to be like a top tier yeah, player. And he went from like twenty eight goals to twenty four, and everybody thought it was the biggest thing in the world and his worst. And then there's the, the, the pancakes, and <laughs> I was waiting downhill from one. there. <laughs> Poor guy. What's weird though is like when you fast forward time and like we told ourselves these stories so many and that's why we're losers and that's why we suck <laughs> and then Connor came and then oh my fucking god right and then like everything went crazy it's interesting like the rising road of time how things are better now than they've ever been right having gone through all that stuff and it's the same for our company right oh 100% our company now is bigger than it's ever been and better than it's ever been and doing things that we never thought we would do and working with people that we don't yeah. think and we're like damn man like you look back this, at things we've been doing this for a long ass time it just it doesn't feel like work to us because where was like, the original headquarters well in our house and then you moved to the tire place well, we were all over the place. Yeah, we tire place. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, the, <laughs> we had an office on 109th Street across from Future Shop. You know where that is? Yeah. There was like a pink building and it was a commercial building. You ever go in there? We didn't do any business there. We just bought a business condo in there. Me and Jay were like, we've arrived. <laughs> we have a condominium to conduct business. But we didn't have a desk or like staff or anything. But we owned a business condo. Yeah. And then... The guy bought the business condo next to us because the whole building was in foreclosure. So we bought it like a really good deal or whatever, right? And it's all dusty and empty. And I'm like, what a place to do business. But then we don't want to go there ever. And then one day I was in there by myself, like just basically spinning around in a chair. And the neighbor came over and he's like, what kind of company is this? And I was like, I don't really know. And I'm literally like in an office chair spinning around like an idiot. And he's like, I'm your next door neighbor. I want to buy this office for my expanding company. And I was like, oh, I don't know. The guys who own this place are crazy. And I'm like spinning around in the thing. And then I was like, give me your phone number and I'll pass it along. And he did. And then like 20 minutes later, I phoned him. Normal, <laughs> right? And we sold him the business condo. So the only thing we did that year to make money was sell our office. <laughs> so then we moved into the Fountain Tire building downtown. That's on like right next to Shade, if you know where strip clubs are, because you're cool. Hey, yo. Yeah, the Fountain Tire building right there. Last man standing right now, yeah. I think. Poor Shade. The only strip club left yeah. you know when the north had the wildfires yeah. and all the businesses downtown were offering the evacuees free food mm -hmm. shade offered free cover awfully nice of them you know think about that man that's a big gesture <laughs> it's a huge From the only strip club left on earth <laughs> for them to say free cover that's the top that's uh, yeah, you can't get, get good at performers you can't get much more you can't yeah. exactly precisely what are we talking about uh offices oh yeah of course the fountain <laughs> tire tire. Building. i got distracted i was thinking about the, the ladies in shade and you know how it gets uh yeah so we moved in there and it obviously smelled like tires because we were in a fountain tire dealership and we were in there and that's when we hired bag milk full-time yeah. he tells a funny story about his first day at work we were like oh good you're here and he's like what do you want me to do we're like i'm sure you'll figure it out and then we went away for like three weeks <laughs> And he's like, what the fuck? And in our mind, we're like, okay, we'll do all this shit. And then we're going to go away and have a fun backpacking trip. And we just got to make sure someone's back at the office to like check the mail and shit. We'll hire somebody, our first person ever. And that was when we hired Bagman. So then he just sat in the empty office for three weeks. More or less. Good for him. And I was like, I don't know. Send out stickers. There's all these people that asked for them. and We never send them out. And he was like, what? And he went and looked. There's like 3,000 people that had asked for stickers or something funny like that. Um, yeah, so then one day we were in there and I was like, I hate working here. 
It smells <laughs> like tires. And Jay was like, well, okay, whatever. And I'm like, I'm going to get us a new office. And he was like, a new office. And I like ran out of the building screaming, basically, <laughs> and ran home. I don't even know where I went. And I was like trying to find offices that we could find. And that night, I went for a walk in the River Valley with my buddy. And um, we were walking through Riverdale, the neighborhood we're in now. And this like crazy old lady came out of her house. I shouldn't say crazy. This is a podcast. Two people are going to listen to this. An eccentric lady <laughs> filled with vigor and ideas uh, came out of her house and, go, and yelled, hey, you, you, buy my house. I was like, buy your house? And she came onto her lawn. She was like, buy my house. It's for sale. And I was like, mm, I'm more in the market for commercial space. Do you have anything of that type? And she goes, oh, yeah, just around the corner. There is an old house from 1903 that I used to own. And uh, the people who bought it off of me, the man passed away and he just contacted my, his estate contacted me to see if I want to buy the old house back. Yeah. But it used to be a candy store. It used to be a bed and breakfast. It's zoned <laughs> for almost anything you'd want. You could make that into an office. And I was like, I'll buy that then. <laughs> and then we walked to where it was and it's little brick right and yeah. little brick was there and me and my buddy and there's like a high fence same fence that's there today and there's a for sale sign or it wasn't even a for sale sign on it yeah because this man had just passed and his estate had contacted her and i was like i'm going in there and he's like you're not allowed to go in there i'm like you heard the lady on her lawn this place is for sale and i hopped over into the yard and i remember like landing and thinking i was on another planet and there was all this garbage everywhere and all these overgrown trees yeah, yeah. super messed up and it's this old ass house from 1903 yeah. and i was like I understand exactly what we need to do. And I went back and said to Jay, you know how when we always go uh, to work, all we ever do is go for coffee. He's like, yeah, like we arrive at work and we go for coffee. And then we come back and maybe 45 <laughs> minutes worth of work. And it's time for lunch. We go for lunch, come back. I'm tired from lunch. I need a coffee. My God, it's four in the afternoon. Where did the day go? That's what we've been doing in the tire warehouse or whatever. Right. And smelling rubber. And uh, so we joked that our next office should have a cafe in it because it would save us all this time. So I was like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go and take this old ass house in the River Valley and yep. we're going to put a cafe in it, but we're also going to put our office in this house. So if it goes to shit, yeah. we'll just be like, what cafe? It's always been an office and we'll just rent it as an office. I dig it. And that's how we got a little break. No kidding. And then the growth inside that place is when it really took off. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, the, the way the company grew once you got inside there. It's when the podcast start, all started. Yeah, because we actually had physical space now. Yeah. We just kept kind of grinding away. And uh, we also, that's those were the years when we bought uh, Hockey Fights. Yep. We bought Hockey Fights in 20, HockeyFights.com in 2014. And then we bought Daily Face Off in 2013 from some guys in Toronto. So all of a sudden we had like all this extra traffic and stuff. And that's when the company started to grow. It seems like I don't like, I feel like Daily Face Off. Would not have been that long ago now. That's 10 years. Yeah. That's crazy. Yep. And then hockey fights too. I remember at the time I was like, we got to buy hockey fights. And everyone's like, you're crazy. Hockey fights are going to be leaving the game. <laughs> I was like, it doesn't matter. There's always going to be people who want to watch hockey fights. And then the guy who owned hockey fights, I emailed him so many times being like, please sell me your website. Please sell me your website. And I would tell them long stories like, we're up here in Edmonton. All we care about is hockey. Please sell me your website. The other day I was on hockeyfights.com and I said to myself, we'd be really good at running this website. And I just kept bugging him and bugging him and bugging him. And then one day um, he phoned me. Yeah. And I can't remember. I'd had got his phone number somehow or whatever. And it was, I was at the pint. And yeah. it was during the Olympics in the semifinals. 
Sure. I was like, this guy's phoning me at long last. And I ran out the door. I've had many beers <laughs> at this point, pre-gaming for the Olympics. Yeah. And I'm like, hello? This guy, David, and, he, and he's in New York. He's got the New York accent. He's like, I'm surprised. That's not a good accent. I'm surprised you would answer your phone. <laughs> isn't team Canada about to start playing? And I was like, I really want hockeyfights.com. <laughs> and he was like, okay. And I'm like, oh my God. Cause he'd started up the site when he was in college. And by this point he was the senior vice president of one of the big television networks, What? but he always clipped the fights for hockeyfights.com. Cause he loves hockey fights. No way. Yeah. And yeah, that's how he always that? got those clips. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, when I first started, how allowed to do that? What are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Who the hell are you? <laughs> yeah. I, Damn, I, feel right. like, I feel like this company might have had its hand slapped once or twice for doing something along those Probably lines. Probably for the work he began. Yeah. <laughs> never mind the insider stuff. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, going on. And, and, and honestly, fight, eh? let's just put this to the side. <laughs> he, he did such good work that they kind of made allowances for him to continue. Yeah, yeah. Because the game of hockey, the NHL doesn't want to promote hockey fights and they no. actually want to get rid of them and understood. But there is an enormous community of people who love hockey fights. Yeah. So in allowing this guy to kind of do his thing, yeah, yeah. it kind of gave him the ability to uh, operate with, with not a lot of gloves on. But when he first started hockey fights, he was just writing out the fights. There wasn't even video clips. He loved hockey fights that much that he started a blog that was like, guy A punched guy B in the he face. He was a breakdown. Post. And then people were like, I remember this fight. And then that was like, he loved hockey fights. And I wow. said to him, I was like, David, you don't understand. We love hockey fights. I'm on there more than I'm on email. Like, I'm on there all the time. And he was like, really? What about this fight? And what about that fight? And I was like, I only know the Oilers. And then we started talking about Oilers fights, and I knew a lot of them. And then he was like, okay, fine. It was for him like selling a child. He loves it. And I was like, I swear, man. He's like, you can't change the logo. Six different people have the hockey fights logo tattooed on their skin. And I swore to them we would never change a logo. I'm like, we'll put it in the deal. No, <laughs> we'll write it right in. We'll get the contract amended. <laughs> I think though it got so it was kind of going along and going along through the then the Connor era hit. Yep. Right. And then it got way more fun to yeah, do the nation. Because now we again. were good. But that's when our social media all got deleted. <laughs> oh yeah i guess right? uh, yeah, like a couple battles when i came we lost to... our twitter account we lost our instagram account for a long time like, yeah like prolonged like over a year oh easily over a year and right? twitter and they took twitter away multiple times yeah oh yeah where i was getting <laughs> um so it was the best of times but the blurst of times because we all the stuff that was fun which was doing social media and yeah. yelling and screaming we literally had it all taken away yeah so that was messed up. Your hands get kind of tied at that point. Well, then you got to like go back to just being a website and getting your message out exclusively through there. But that's when we started up a podcast. Yeah. The secondary accounts, they were good, but. Yeah. We took the Nation Gear account and made it into the new Oilers Nation account. We changed it all around. It was <laughs> fine. But it wasn't like, didn't have the moment, momentum and the size. The fact that no, the 100%. website traffic didn't decrease that much is actually really crazy. Most companies, if you took away all their social media and their ability to like refer traffic to themselves, their sites would die. But people came to Oilers Nation to read the news. So they're going there directly as opposed to just clicking the link that's yeah. taking them there. Yeah. Interesting. So then we recover from that. And <laughs> I remember being in the office at Little Brick and saying to Jay, you know what? I think all the fires are out. And that's like an analogy we have for what are we fucked? Why are we yeah. fucked today? Right? What's on fire? This is fucked. Oh, that's great. This is fucked. That's fantastic news. Um, 
I'm like, I don't think we're fucked. He's like, I don't think we're fucked either. I'm like, write it down. January 2020. We are not oh, fucked. No. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> Three months later. Yeah. I remember coming to the office on a Monday and being like, I think we need to prepare for there's not going to be any live sports by the end of the week. And Jay is like, as so often is the case, Wanya, you have lost your fucking mind. <laughs> there is no chance. And I believe it was the Wednesday that the it was definitely Mavericks. the Wednesday that happened. So I don't know. Were you just two days behind it? Yeah. The Mavericks were yeah the basketball game. Yeah, That's that when, was yeah, the Wednesday. Was... And I said that on the Monday. Yeah. And by Friday, they had to shut everything. Else every down. single advertiser that we have, but one had can't shut up phone. <laughs> they <laughs> was ringing off the hook. They canceled. Yeah. Everybody canceled, man. Car dealers were like, I don't know if people are going to be driving cars anymore. And people were like, maybe all we need are surgical masks. It was crazy, man. Oh, and yeah. no sports for 300 days. Yeah. It was terrible. And Trust all me. the restaurants were shut down. Yeah. Was... And we're heavily exposed in the restaurant industry. <laughs> and I was like, this is not good for business. Yeah. It's a rough time. We were building the Umperville block. <laughs> it was green. It had no siding on it. It was very fucked up. The banks were like, construction isn't viable. We're probably all dead. And we were like, well, this is all terrible news to me. Everything you're telling me is bad. Do you remember, too, uh, like one of the first sports back was soccer and everybody would just line up for some reason or not line up, but wake up at like seven o'clock to watch FC Cologne and Werder Bremen for some reason the, they're like oh it's live sports so there was that in Korean baseball yeah yes Korean Korean baseball, baseball. people got into Korean it man baseball. it was like and it was it was I mean there was no sense of time right yeah sometimes you're up till five in the morning sometimes you went to bed at seven at night it's it was all messed up so I think the games were on like midnight ish four in the morning ish man there's nothing else to watch You've seen everything else, right? They they ran out of their all their fucking uh, their their movies and their TV shows in the hopper, and well, we're out of stuff to show you guys. What else we got? Well, we can go watch these guys play baseball. Here's Tim Kirkajin for some reason in his basement, just going, "Yeah, well, do you remember Jimmy Rollins?" <laughs> dude, dude, I mean, it, it was exciting to watch though. Those people get into it. Yeah. The players get into it. The fans are well, into it. Better than what. Plan A was, which was nothing. <laughs> yeah, it was that, that much excitement, and it yeah, you, know, you kind of got into it too. It's kind of hard not to. And then do you remember LeBron just going, "Oh, it's like prison in here. We're at a we're at a Disneyland resort, and it's like hell." <laughs> Jimmy Butler is selling coffee for like three hundred dollars. We're all just sitting here, and then Stephen Adams just like, "We're not in a third world country, bro." <laughs> but <laughs> those good. guys, like, they weren't allowed to leave the hotel. Yeah. They weren't allowed to see their families. The entire league is in the bubble. Yeah. You know, I, I think that pro sports isn't actually a good life for the yeah. athletes. And I think that you have, to have separation between life and work. At that well, point. that's effectively prison with money. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. You're when yeah, when you're in the bubble, you're stuck. You're there is no getting shit, away. Right? Yeah. And these are like some of the most like <laughs> entitled people on earth. But I would prefer to be locked up at a Disney resort than at my parents' basement. <laughs> just smoking <laughs> weed. I bet you they would trade with you in a New York minute. <laughs> I'll take that. You know what I'll I mean? I bet you they're like, man, if I could just be left alone. <laughs> if I could take a charge from Victor Oladipo in the in the bubble i would yeah, take why not that. yeah, yeah. <laughs> not that tough yeah. <laughs> so then like sports comes back but the advertisers aren't exactly like piling on because, yeah they have no money yet well and yeah and nobody knows what it's what's happening exactly and and sports betting isn't really a thing at this 
present time, right? Like it hasn't become. It definitely had its like you know when poker took off over the. Yeah, it was like whatever twenty one, twenty two, and now to twenty three, things are starting to skyrocket. But we started seeing the first early gambling companies show up as advertisers. Yeah. And a long time ago, we had meeting. Remember Elite Prospects? Remember that website? Oh yeah. You ever heard of those guys? Oh yeah. Those are our boys from Sweden. Oh, right? and really? they've come over and hung out with us. Yeah, yeah, they're cool guys. And the CEO, I think his name is Peter. We had a meeting yeah. with him at Little Brick, and he's like, "What an interesting place!" And you could just tell you thought, "What a shithole! These guys are morons." <laughs> but he said, uh, and "I'll for, I won't do a Swedish accent because I already tried to do a New York one and failed." But he was like, <laughs> "How do you guys make a business of things without gambling companies sponsoring you?" I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, we make X amount of million euros a year. And they're publicly traded on the Swedish Stock Exchange. Oh. And I was like, unbelievable. <laughs> 2023, we're publicly traded too in the Canadian <laughs> Stock Exchange, Peter. Um, but he was like, yeah, like 70% of our revenue is gambling. And it's illegal. Like, I think he told us this in like 2013 or 2014. And I just remember him saying, like, before he leaves, he's like, mark my words, if there's ever gambling, your business will transform overnight. And I was like, <laughs> shut up, you bum. <laughs> Get out of here, you Swedish prick, right? I don't know. He's a very nice guy. He's not a prick at all. Um, but I was like, that's never going to happen or, or whatever. And then once these companies started showing up and once you realize, like, gambling's now legal in Canada in the yeah. first year, all of a sudden the industry changed yeah so a local company reached out to us an investment like a venture capital company and this was in like march of 2021 multitude capital they're awesome awesome people and uh they're like your business is about to transform and me and jay were like what (laughs) (laughs) business who and they're like you're gonna have sports betting you're gonna have all this new stuff all these new options are gonna open up and they saw the opportunity like before we saw the opportunity and we started working together thinking they're going to invest in us. It allows us to put 2020 behind us and get yeah. us back on right footing and gives us some runway to start ramping things up again. Yeah. And that was in March. And by November, we'd sold our company. Wow. It was crazy. <laughs> so when you talk about where were we the biggest, our first with this building, and it was such a crazy thing to get off the ground. Our first meeting in here was with Playmaker, the guys who bought us. And the paint wasn't even dry yet. And there wasn't even any <laughs> furniture. And I was like, I think I can get like some chairs in my house. And she's like, well, shit, we got to put something in the fucking boardroom. And I was like, I'll be all right. And then everybody's like social distancing in the meeting too. And they're like, I we would guess. like to buy your company. I'm like, this is fucked up. Right? Don't breathe on me. And walkie-talkies uh, in separate offices. Yeah. The glass doors, right? At least you can see each other. And they were like super, super nice. Jordan Natt, the CEO. And he was like, do you guys want to keep hockey blogging? And I was like, dude, like that's all we <laughs> want to do is hockey blogging. Like, yeah. we love hockey blogging around here. And he's like, you know, we don't want to like buy your company if you guys like wouldn't want to do it anymore. Because the whole reason why I would want to buy you is so that you would continue what you're doing. And I was like, look around you, my man. <laughs> we have our own building. We haven't even moved in yet. Like, we would love nothing more <laughs> than to continue talking about Connor and Co. until our voice box is turned to dust. Right? Yeah. And it's been amazing. Yeah, and that was two years ago. And now the nation, I don't even know how many people fucking work here. I probably should know that, but like well over 130. Oh, wow. I get, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I right away when you said that, I just thought the building itself, right? Just on this, on this floor, which has got to be 15 ish. Oh yeah. Yeah. But, and then, yeah, when you take a step back remote, and, and right? you kind of look at, 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 at it, the, the whole company, there's, what'd you say? How many podcasts now? 28. 28. Yeah. I mean, you have a lot of guys that are on too, but still well and we think have of studios all the people, now and think of all the people behind that and all the people doing you know what you're doing back there right now it's 
it's incredible. We've got studios in Vancouver. Yeah. Edmonton, clearly. Calgary, whatever. Yeah. Uh, Toronto, what's a business? And Ottawa, <laughs> huh? And then we got Frank Sarah Valley. What? Yeah. Frank Sarah Valley. Yes. That was a fucking strange moment in time. Oh, that was that was kind of like you're stepping into the spotlight. That was altitude. That was a DFO, that was that DFO here, man. Listen, everybody knew. Every, well, so everybody knew he was like his contract was up. I mean, it was all over Twitter. It's, it was known. It was known. It was known. And not, nobody had any any idea what was going on. And, you know, it was, when you have a name like that kind of leave one big company, you're like, oh, this is curious. Where, where is he going to end up? They were having a meeting. And, and right when all of the like the span of like March to the company selling, Wanya Jr. had just arrived. Oh. Yeah. So my head was not in business at all because yeah. I'd just gone through like a crazy pandemic pregnancy that was riddled with difficulty. And I was like mentally checked the fuck out. Right. And then she's like, I think I sold our company. I was like, good luck to you. Western <laughs> society has ended. Enjoy your money. I don't need it. I'll be wearing surgical masks uh, with my child. Um, but when Frank's contract was up, Chris LeBlossier, the guy from Altitude, was like, yeah. you guys should hire him. And I remember Jay phoning me and be like, we should hire Frank Sarah Valley. And I was like, I'll phone him. You just get me his phone number. And then he did. And I was like, I'm going to make first contact with Frank Sarah Valley. Holy shit. <laughs> and I called him up and I was just like talking about how did you get into the game? Yeah. And he goes, I was in. What'd you tell him? He was like, how do you get him on the phone? Is there any context behind it? You just call him on a Greg Tuesday at three o'clock in the afternoon. Phone him up. So Greg is, hey, listen, man, this These guy wants to call you. There's a job. Partners, yeah, yeah. Like, this is the guy who started up the nation, co-founder of it. He's going to call you. Tell me. So Greg gave you a bit of a. Yeah. And then he calls me and he's like, he has silver hair, but he's not old. And I was like, okay, because <laughs> I don't know who Frank Bear Valley is. Like, I don't care. Gene Principe is the height of the league for me, right? <laughs> like, I was aware of him, but um, I phoned him and I was just like, tell me about how you got started. You know, we got started, Frank, because we were really mad about Ryan Smith and we just decided that we were going to do this and nobody told us we could yeah. and we just did it. And he's like, yeah, no, I was in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh or Philly or wherever he was in Pennsylvania somewhere. And there was a newspaper that was only in minor hockey rinks. Yeah. And Frank would read it religiously because he loved hockey so much. And there wasn't a lot of stuff to read at the time. Yeah. And there was an ad in there. Do you want to write about hockey? And he was like, I do indeed. And he started <laughs> volunteering volunteering and volunteering and then he they had a press pass for the flyers for this random little newspaper which is sure. why you should always if you're a team get as many press passes out into the community as possible because you don't know who's going to hire the next frank sarah valley it's right. not going to be the newspaper yeah because he needs to start somewhere right right and um so he started going to games on behalf of this little tiny newspaper and I, when he's telling me the story i'm like i've got him He's remembering the olden days. I'm going to paint him a pretty future based on the olden days, right? And I was like, yeah, Frank, you got that pirate spirit like we do. We just want to go out and talk about hockey and fuck these fools. And then you know who the worst people are in the world is mainstream media. And he was like, oh, no, no I don't agree at all. I'm like the definition of mainstream media. And I was like, okay, but what's better, Frank, mainstream media or working for a tech company? And I was like, whoa. And he was like, tech company? And I like, tried to differentiate between like mainstream media where everyone's a jerk and a tech company where everyone's young and fun. And we all have beards. <laughs> and then I remember calling back Gregor and Jay and being like, I think I made good first contact. I don't know. But here you go, boys. We handed it off. And then Jay did awesome work and closed him out. 
that's crazy so that sort of shit happening right on the edge of a company looking to buy us yeah and then we hired Frank or valley like what the <laughs> hell who the hell are these idiots in edmonton is what they were thinking to themselves oh yeah i mean it puts you on the map but it's all of a sudden yeah so we've now been working with them for two years yeah i guess so which is crazy and more people work here than ever and yeah. we're having more fun than ever yeah. and everything's going great and they go you should do a podcast yeah. and i go who me and they were like, yeah, why don't you do another podcast? We have 28 of them. You could be the 29th. Why not jump into an already saturated market and flood it further? <laughs> I was like, me? I don't know. I don't, I'm doing other things. Like, I got a lot of stuff on the go. And, you know, I don't know if I'd want to do, necessarily do that. And they were like, well, you can talk about anything you want. They're awesome. Right? Yeah. There's like, do whatever the hell you want. I'm like, why? But I have like projects that are like not nation owned. Yeah. And I don't want to like promote things that are going to yeah, get you're... me in trouble. And they're just like, talk whatever you want. Yeah. I can promote all my own shit. And they're like, you can promote all your own shit. And I was like, huh? But I'm going to, I think I'm super smart in this negotiation. <laughs> I'm going to want money. That's how I talk. <laughs> but I'm going to want money to do this. And they're like, yeah. And I'm like, ha, 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 you fucking idiots. Didn't see that. You're going to pay me, you dummies. Right. And they're like, go and do a podcast about whatever it is you want to talk about. Yeah. And I was like, I have things I would like to talk about. I would like to talk about the Oilers first yeah. and foremost. And they're like, you can talk about that. I said I'd want to talk about business. Yeah. Right. And I think like business content sucks for the most part because everyone's always bragging. And they're like, oh, I started up a car wash in Kalamazoo. And as a result, I'm a genius. And like, I don't fucking care. And you're not a genius. And there's so many people out there that are not really providing any value in business content. And they're just bragging. And like, that's very anti Canadian. It's very anti anti Edmonton. Yeah. And it's very anti 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 the nation network way yeah. where we never talk about ourselves and people are like super confused all the time as to who the fuck owns what and what's who <laughs> and how, what, who, how and where. Right. And they're like, maybe you could do a podcast and clear all that up for people. I was like, well, if I'm getting money and I can talk about whatever I want and I can talk about business, like I don't want to brag about business, but I want to like part impart some of the things we've learned. And like, I would love to talk to people about their businesses. Yeah. If somebody's doing something and they're like, well, I'm, you've done a lot of what business and yeah. like, not just mm -hmm. what you'd expect. It's not regular stuff, right? You, you were in, involved in the whole internet stuff when it was at its, at its earliest, you know, the whole advertising, all that stuff. And my dad still asked me, like, how do these guys make money? You sell online ads. They sell cocaine. What? <laughs> no, that's just a joke. Hey, yo, <laughs> totally different thing. The more visitor you have, the, the more expensive your, your ads you can sell them at. Yep. I was like, that's sort of that simple. But I mean, you took a step when out of the out of the conventional into what you know the new age, and it's a it's a scary thing to do. And yeah, you guys, I still don't know how you did it. I wouldn't have been. Well, you watched like it just takes a long. Yeah, time. but that's just it. It just takes a I long. Sit ass back time. and watch, no problem. Wow, you've been involved too for years. But like, the thing that I would want to try to get across to folks about starting up a business, whether it's a startup or a dry cleaner in Kalamazoo or a car wash <laughs> in Albuquerque, whatever you're into, you can do it. Yeah, it's just going to take a lot of work. Yeah, and it's going to come at a cost. Yeah. There's going to be like the amount of times I've known people who are like, we're going out to party and we've partied more than 99% of people. <laughs> and I don't mean partying a 
bad way. I mean, in a good way, like being at the pine, like yeah, yeah, for the longest time, the pine was our biggest advertiser. Rick was our biggest advertiser <laughs> for like five consecutive years. And we'd be like, we need to go to the pine and turn up so that people always go to the pine and we always have our pine deals. Right. But on top of that, though, I can recall like making sacrifices when other people didn't have yeah. the same sacrifices and being under financial stress, I think, is something that like entrepreneurs really don't like talking about. Yeah. They don't want to admit like they have these things called the Sunday scaries. Right. I've had Sunday scaries every 15 minutes since I was 19 years old. When I was 20 <laughs> years old, I started the first brew house. Like, what the hell was I doing? I'm at the University of Alberta. I'm like, you know what the game is? I'm going to start up a Canadian bar. And my dad was like, how about you finish university? I was like, no, I know everything. And I thought that owning a bar was like being Bill Gates. Right? <laughs> now that I'm older, we, we do do a lot of stuff. And like, as Canadian, like there's Canadian entrepreneurs, you never want to talk about like the stuff that you're doing, right? But yeah. like the purpose of the show painfully is going to be discussing all the things that we're doing. <laughs> but we also, what I want to do on the show is have meetings on the show. Yeah. Because I think that um, if you aren't interested in starting up your own business or doing the stuff that we're doing, it's still interesting to be in a fly on the wall. Yeah. Right. But I would want to be telling like the truth about things, not being like, well, I come into work every morning. They hand me the Nobel Prize. I count a big stack of money and then go into my <laughs> office and laugh like it is not like that. Most days, everything's on fire. We're fucked. And we're like, why did we do this? <laughs> right. I can remember I was working for Echo. Yeah. And uh, the nation had just started and Oodle Noodle had just started. Yeah. Right? And we own the franchise company of Oodle Noodle with our partners. And it was 2009, and uh, my boss gave me this glowing review. And he's like, you know, Wanye, you're a good dude, and you took the project management course, and you, like, broke the scale for scores, <laughs> and it's because I cheated. And I was like, oh, yeah, the project management course. And he's like, we just can't believe your score. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's really easy. <laughs> and uh, he's like, we want to put you in the management training program. Yeah. And it means you have a good career ahead of you. And you have to do work, but you will make good money. And our company is very interesting. Yeah. And they were so nice to me. And uh, the people that had worked there a long time were like, they asked you to do that shit. Like, I've been here eight years. Nobody asked me. I'm like, well, I'm very smart. So what you need to realize is I could do things very quickly. And it wasn't that at all, right? Um, and on a Friday, he gave me this really good review. And I went in on Monday morning and quit. Yeah. And I was just like, man, like what you're offering me is like a fantastic future, but it's going to demotivate me to keep hustling. Yeah. And I have a website that at the time was making like $600 a month. And I had one Oodle Noodle location. <laughs> and I was like, one day there'll be a thousand of them. I'm like, will there be? I'm like, oh, yeah. And so I told him, I'm like, I'm leaving to write my Oilers blog and run my one restaurant chain. <laughs> and his jaw hit the floor. He was like, what? Do you have a brain imbalance? Like, why would you? What garbage do you have going on that it would be better than what I just offered yeah, you? Yeah. A white collar executive career where you'll be flying around in a company <laughs> jet. And I'm like, mm -mm -mm. you don't have it right. Um, but it was because I wanted to like chart my own path. Yeah. Right. I want to do my own thing. I've been really lucky, Jay, the Jay Downton, the president, right? We've been in cahoots together since we were little, right? Yeah. And he's much more focused than I am, right? And we just decided a long time ago, like we're just gonna try to do our own thing. And yeah. whether it works or doesn't work, we like what we're doing and we want to try. Yeah. But we're far enough into the story now. And it's weird, it's like the passage of time is like you can't keep telling yourself the same stories you told yourself when you were like 25 years old, right? Like, <laughs> we're this scrappy underdog, and the owners could kiss our asses, but we love them, you know. And yeah. you have to plot out like what's the next thing going forward, right? Yeah. And 
for us, it's like, well, if you really enjoy what you're doing, just do more of it, right? Mm -hmm. So predominantly, I do stuff like outside of the company now because I really like writing code. Yeah. And for the last two years since the company sold, I've been working exclusively on content stuff, like the fun stuff, right? right? But I don't do any of the hard stuff no more. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, so leave that to the pros. Once you get to a certain level in life, I think this is a little special nugget for you. I demoted myself. Yeah. <laughs> I basically swapped jobs with Bagno. Yeah. And Bagno became the executive. And I was like, too hard, too hard. <laughs> I want to go do other things. Goodbye. And then I just started making content, right? Yeah. But with the doing this podcast, the idea is it's come all the way back to the beginning where I just make Oilers content. Yeah. That's how I would like to spend the remainder of my time on this earth while I'm working on my other projects. Yeah. So this podcast with you boys is intended to like be a lot of that. Yep. Right? It's always about the Oilers, but it's always about business stuff too. <laughs> and then if you tune in for the Oilers stuff, you'll be pissed because you're getting business stuff. And you tune in for the business stuff, you'll be pissed because it's only about the Oilers. But then some days we'll show up and we'll be completely excited about memes or other nonsense. <laughs> I was going to say, if you think it's going to stick to this, you won't get any of the things. first two <laughs> things that you wanted. Very well. You're like, oh, damn it. Drake put an album out. This is not going to yeah. be tonight. Yeah. There's not going to be a hockey tomorrow. <laughs> I can assure you. Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. It's coming out tonight? Yeah. Now, hold, wait, in the last, say, six weeks, how many is coming out tonight? Have there been Drake is on tour, Rick? Do you know how hard all, it is to tour and, and finish a major <laughs> album at the same time? That's why he got his son to do the album artwork. That's right, he didn't have any budget on there. Adonis, get out there, yeah, save some money that way. I'm just saying, I believe he's had a couple. It's supposed to come out tonight, no? It's because he's yeah. trying to do post production work while on the road and getting everybody's schedule. I've been reading all about it. <laughs> oh, really? I've been reading I all did, about I it. Just, I have a couple of buddies and they keep bringing it up at work. And I was like, I just feel like it's, it's been out. It's out, right? And I'll go check one day. No, no nothing out there. When it's actually tonight, Kanye's making an album right now, too. <laughs> right? Yeah. Apparently, it's going to be unreal. Yeah. He's been, I think he's been working with like Travis Scott, too, because yeah. he also worked with on like Utopia sounds like a Kanye album. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, I think uh, Utopia sounds basically exactly like what uh, I forget what that album was, but uh, Utopia. Yeah. Uh, that was Utopia. But it sounded like a Kanye album. And it was because Kanye did work on it, too. Now, the fact that we just had that conversation, dear listener, <laughs> brings you to the third thing this show is about, and that is rap and other things that we find interesting. <laughs> and there are people who listen to real life who go, oh, shit, I hate it when one year starts talking about rap. I'm a fan of rap, and the rap he's mentioning isn't even good rap. <laughs> to each their own. <laughs> but there will be times where you'll listen to the show and you will find. Yeah. yeah. So business people interviews, yeah. hockey player interviews, yeah. former hockey player interviews. And then us talking about things that are interesting. And one at one day, do we get a, a rap star interview? Well, if we start doing, I feel a good like it job, was leading up this way. I don't, I don't know how you didn't sprinkle that at the end there. I just interview I kind a of, rapper. Well, that'd be all right. We could do that. We can get into all sorts of stuff if we commit. <laughs> if we commit to doing this now in 2023, yeah. the company that we work with now, the Nation Network, it's crazy, man. There's like ad deals of Wendy's and shit. What the fuck? When don't you mean the pint? Like, no, there's it. other companies now. <laughs> Oodle Noodle? Like, no, real companies give real money. Like, if we keep at this and we get our get our lane and get our niche, I think we can interview some interesting people, do some interesting shit. Yeah, no, we've talked about it a little bit for the last couple of weeks as uh everything has been coming together and uh it's just it sounds fun, right? So there's gonna be the first couple of ones we need to kind of get out of the way yeah. and get the snowball rolling. Who knows where it goes from here? The scariest one's done. Yeah, it was this. It was an hour ago when I finished real life with the town hall. I'm like, Rick, I'm scared. <laughs> Let's go get Bublé's at the fucking store and talk 
it's just you got to get the engine started you got to yeah. talk the hardest thing about podcasting i find is switching gears so like something's happening right leading into it like i've had ninety-five thousand phone calls apparently and my phone's <laughs> down i don't know what's happened something <laughs> yeah. either burnt down <laughs> Well, Something. you can see out there. Everything looks fine out there. Everything's fine out there. Okay, yeah, well, we like should be good then. Left in All right, we should be so good then. Yeah. As long as they're not leaving quickly. Yeah. Then I <laughs> yeah, think we're I okay. Know. Kennedy's hard at work. All right. All right. All right. So we're good. Yeah. Like I don't know, but getting into like a good frame of mind to be happy and do a podcast and be like present in the moment, it's actually quite hard, mm-hmm. and it's hard to do on a consistent basis, right? Because talking, knowing people are listening—that's why I've never listened to any of our podcasts. Really? Not one. Sometimes I'll hear a clip online and I'd be like, how do I sound? Ugh. What about writing? <laughs> you have do you not read what you write? Or do you write it and and send it away and never read it again? I haven't written in years. Okay, but when you were. Oh, no, I would well, I would write it. Not in one take. It takes a long time to write. It would take But you me- don't go back and reread it and then like argue against your own point? No, never. No. That's the only thing I ever thought of. Was what? Like you'd have a I'd have a point. And then you go back and, and rethink it and then argue it from the other side. The players retire. And bring yourself down. All I was writing about, all the Oilers I expect, I wrote a three-part thing on Gilbert Brule because I was convinced <laughs> that he was going to be able to recover from his spiral <laughs> fracture in his femur. And Jonathan Willis, who was one of our best writers and is still a genius, I was like, Willis, you and me are going to write a three-part Brule. And he's like, wow, Juan, you have never seen you this jammed up about a guy. Let's go. He didn't do anything, and that was <laughs> 10 years ago, right? So I am not rewrite, rereading the old Brulee three-piece. <laughs> I also predicted Sam Gagne would be captain incorrectly. I still catch shit about that to this day. But he should have been captain. He I, was I supposed always, to be captain. And whose fault was it? I could tell you, but I won't because <laughs> I told the guy who told me I wouldn't tell. Oh, I thought it was because of uh, the injury he sustained in uh, preseason. That was after. Oh, see, I thought it was that preseason. Nope. Sean Horkoff left. Yeah. Sam Gagne was supposed to be captain. Yeah. I fearlessly wrote an article in the nation saying Sam Gagne to be named captain of the Oilers. Everybody started freaking out. Robin Brownlee started phoning me. Ding, ding, ding. How do you know this? What the fuck? I'm like, oh, I did something. I upset the apple cart. I like ran away. I put my phone in a drawer and like went away. And then the same way I found out he was named captain. I also found out about what happened, and then he wasn't named captain, and something happened. Yeah. But the guy who told me said, you can never tell. Otherwise, I'll never tell you anything again. And I said, what, like incorrect information about who's going to be captain? You ass? I don't need any more scoops like this. I'm going to be made fun of the internet forever. And I am. But hopefully... Um, that guy's gonna call me because he's given me information twice. Twice, one right, one wrong. I yelled at him really loudly though about Sam Gagne being wrong. He calls you up, this dude. Yeah, I just figured he's not like a guy you'd normally talk to, and yeah. he's, he's getting into convo and no. 18 minutes in, he's like, Oh, yeah, he want to know something? No, yeah. no, it was a guy that I met, and he gave me another scoop, and uh, I was like, You know what you're telling me is true, and he's like, Yeah. Can I tell about it on my fledgling <laughs> hockey website, OilersNation.com? And he was like, I don't know what that means. Just keep my name out of it and you can say it. So I said it. And then I think I gave him my phone number or my email or something. And I was like, if you ever have anything else, yeah. holler at your boy because I'm never going to stop doing this. And then he came and said, I know Sam Gagne is going to be captain. Yeah. Damn it. Can we ask what the first one was? Mike Comrie. 
Oh, Mike Comrie coming home. Cool. I knew that first. Yeah, yeah. I did. And it was like one of the first tweets Oilers Nation ever made. It was one of our first scoop. So both of them were about number 89. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. And the same, the same. Yeah. yeah. That might have been 91 version. I I don't don't remember. I, for the record, it's very unpopular, but I love Mike Comrie. I have, when I was little, I knew him when we were little kids. Yeah. And he was a real hardworking dude and he was a real good guy. Cool. And uh, the fact that he was able to make the career that he had, especially being like the hometown kid and shit. Yeah. I think I saw it a little bit differently. Oilers fans, like as he he burned too hot. Yep. He was too big in the city, too much crazy shit. Hillary Duff, we're scoring goals, we're signing contracts. It is wild. <laughs> yeah. Up in this bit. All that stuff was happening like one on another, though, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah, as he kind of grew that into this, into that, and like, wow. He was getting a little big. It was chaos. Did he start seeing uh, Hillary Duff when he was still an Oiler? No, I think that was no, when he was gone. In, yeah, he was in Anaheim or whatever. That would have been that would have been the story in itself. But he <laughs> came back here with Hillary Duff. Yes, yes. and she went to games. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was just I I think that would have been the pull of the century. Yeah. He was like, I'm I'm a hockey player. That was our in Taylor Edmonton. Swift, Travis Kelsey in Edmonton. In Edmonton. Yeah, no, I th- that would have been fantastic. That's but game though. He was L.A. He, that yeah, was he, was he was in L.A. LA. Yeah, he was yeah. there. But it's interesting guy. because like you could argue at the time like they have very similar lives, right? They were both child prodigies, mm-hmm. right? Who grew up very famous strangely enough her family has a huge furniture company in california come on and hit the brick and so they had like that going on too so they were like the families of like wealthy furniture merchants who turned into <laughs> like really high value child prodigies yeah yeah right for lack of a better term so they had a lot in common right and, yeah i guess so yeah and that kind of stuff he's a real good guy anyways when people were always shitting on him back in the day i was always like very pro mike Comrie. Yeah. i don't care i don't care he was a good guy um so anyways, what's the show about at the end of episode one? I think you just heard it, right? Like, we're just going to sit here. We're going to have a slightly expanded conversation beyond what we talk about normally. Yep. Right? We're going to really work hard to get good guests. Yep. We haven't even mentioned one of us in this room has a very famous family member. I know. I just that when one of us yeah, found yeah. out about this, <laughs> he was like, his mind went blank <laughs> like these lights I didn't even know and we didn't even talk about it today. Where it's a teaser for episode 2 so you come back motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, that's a big story. <laughs> and going forward, if this is a show that you're interested in and, and and you enjoy it and you're having a good time and you want to be involved, we want to hear from you. Whether it's on the business front whether it's on the Oilers front, as we've been talking about for 10,000 years, we've been talking about Oilers hockey. We will continue on the show. We're going to give away tickets to shit. Yeah. We're going to give away prizes. Who the hell wants to listen to a podcast and not win a prize? <laughs> I will insist that we're going to give away prizes. I don't care if I'm giving away possessions that aren't mine from the office out front. We're going to be giving away shit. Yeah, It'll be a it. good show. I dig it. So if you're here right now, thank you for listening. Stuck around for a bit. I don't know what podcast platform you found us on. Perhaps YouTube, perhaps Spotify. We're going to be promoting this over the next week or so that you can download us. iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, right? Absolutely. What more do you need to know? I think that's it. One Year's World Episode 1 is complete.